Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award-winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free, and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details. Unless podcasts, actually not bad. It's <laughs> really good, bro. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of the Unlaced Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to our A-League review, overview, and finals preview um, last week. That was just awesome to have so many people's feedback and so many people tuning in. Um, and everyone knows that we do have quite a diverse range of sport and interest on this podcast. And for those that do know me well, they know that I love my AFL they know that I love my AFLW, but even more so, they know that I love the St Kilda Football Club. Um, never seen a premiership, but that's that's fine. We'll we'll get there one day. Um, doesn't hurt or anything like that. But I'm excited today because um, a few weeks ago, people will recall we had Alexandra Saundry on, who is essentially the management mogul of female sport in this country, or going to be. Um, and she was very supportive and helpful in, in landing Georgia Patrikios. Um, on the show. And for those that don't know Georgia, we're going to go into some of her achievements in her first two seasons at St Kilda in the AFLW, but an incredibly talented and gifted footballer. So I'm super happy to have you on, Georgia. How are you feeling? Yeah, feeling good. Thanks for having me. Looking no, forward to it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You're not too nervous because it's... Uh, I'm a big Saints fan, so I think I'm more nervous than you. No, no. <laughs> You've done well in making me feel comfortable. Oh, so, good, yeah. good. Because... Um, I'm just going to go through your first two seasons, which are remarkable. So you got, you got picked up pick five, we validated in 2019. So going back to that draft, did you have any idea you were going to get picked up by St Kilda beforehand? Um, I had a, well, I have sort of an idea going into it. I wasn't too sure, but I had an interview with them. I think it was during the draft combine and mm-hmm. they sort of said to me, if you're there, we're pretty sure we're going to pick you up. So wow. Yeah, they said I probably wasn't going to go past them, so was I happy. can't believe you got to pick five. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, that, I think I think with that draft you could nominate um, Metro and ah. Interstate, so I was third pick in Victoria. Ah, uh, okay, so right, and then yep. you obviously nominated um, Metropolitan. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, um, did you have any idea? Because I'm going to go into some of your achievements, but did you have any idea you would two years on? you'd be able to sit here and, and sort of have the list of accolades and achievements you did. Were you quite ambitious on that front or is it just naturally unfolded that way? I think it just naturally unfolded that way. You don't really expect to get all these awards. You just play, well, I play because I enjoy it and it's something I've done since I'm grown up and now it's just a part of my, a big part of my life. But no, I didn't really expect to get all the awards, but yeah, you can't really complain, can no, you? No, <laughs> not at all. Yeah. But did, did, you feel, did you feel any pressure being such a high draft pick and particularly to... St Kilda, which was a relatively new female um, or AFLW side for, for that matter? No, not, I wouldn't say it was pressure, but I felt like I wanted to make an impact for my team, like just go in and try get a game in round one and then just play the best of my ability. So I didn't put too much pressure on myself. I just wanted to play well. Okay. Just, yeah. I mean, look, I listen to that and I think, what a beautiful answer. And then I look at your achievements and I'm like, no, she's got some like inner dog in her that just wants to compete and win. So for those listening, as I mentioned, Georgia Patrikios, her first two years in the AFLW, season one, she made the best 22 under the age of 22. She was an AFLW Rising Star nominee in one of her first games. 
She was also the AFLW's best first year player and won the best and fairest since it killed her as part of, I think, four people. Yeah, it was won, four of us. Yeah. Which is weird. Why, why four? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I don't know. No. Anyway, Saints, pick up your game there. Just give it to one. But anyway, major first year. Then the following second year, the one best and fairest wasn't enough. So she swooped in another one. And then most of all, and, and most notably and well-deserved, was the AFLW Women's All-Australian Team, which is just anyone who's near AFL being an All-Australian is like a holy grail achievement outside of the individual achievements. So, I mean, it's pretty pretty insane. You must have been pretty flattered to, to have that come your way this year. Yeah, definitely. To see the names that were sort of on the bench and I was actually placed on the field, I was, yeah. a, bit, I was a bit, yeah, yeah, oh my gosh moment. But, yeah, um, yeah, couldn't be happier. Does that, do those moments kind of validate like all the hard work you've put in and you, when you see those results, you're like, it's, it's not a relief, but it's like you, you see there's a method to your madness of what you're doing and, and the feeling you get out of it. Yeah. It's good to know like what I'm doing is working and it's put me in the spot I am. So just want to keep working at it and just do the best I can moving forward as well. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So if you look back on your, your first two seasons, because they've been, wouldn't say up and down as a team because I think that as we mentioned the group is just a very young group so you're you're maturing quite quickly and you've had a lot of good wins a lot of losses Um, but what are some of the biggest lessons for you that you've taken out of the first two seasons that have been if you look back on when you came into now have sort of helped you well something I got taught was you have to try be a better person when you're away from the club so the things you do at the club obviously get seen by everyone, but it's the things behind the scenes that no one sees that can make you a better footballer. Wow. So obviously you have training and you train the same hours as everyone else, but it's what you do away to make you better than those people that are training at training. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah, of course. Yeah. So those things away from the club are more important than what, well, not more important, but just as important as what you're doing at the club. Who Who's put that towards the group? The coach? Oh, well, this wasn't from the group. This is from my older brother. So he told me. Oh, right. Yeah, oh, so yeah. this has so come this from your. Yeah, this has come from my family. So. Oh, that's massive fan of that, by yeah. the way. Yeah. That's so, like, when you when you say that, um, or when that comes from your brother, like, in the reality of what that means to you, what, what would it be? Like, is it you doing extra training sessions or is it just, like, doing your recovery properly, little things like that? I think it's a mix of everything. I think it's, if you're doing your gym, obviously we had COVID last year and we had an extended break. So doing your gym in that off time being able to do your running, actually completing it. Um, but for me, it was more having those people to do that with. So uh-huh. he would push me, let's say, I couldn't be bothered one day going for a kick. He'd be like, let's go, we're going. <laughs> so he'd make it a lot easier. But yeah, it's the things he said to, that you're doing behind the scenes that can ah, make you better. That's really fascinating. Yeah, there's a there's a quote. I mean, it's quite cheesy, but essentially it talks about like when you're drenched over, poured in sweat when no one else is watching, they're the kind of defining moments of, yep. of who you are as a footballer. Yeah, exactly. I can relate to that quite a lot. So that's really interesting. Were, was your family, your your sort of circle of trust, were they your biggest influences? Um, just going off by what you're saying? Yeah. So my, I sort of followed my older brother everywhere. So he went to Auskick when I was younger. Okay. And I followed him there. Wherever he was, whatever sport he was playing, I was there following him. So he's someone that has definitely helped me through the ranks. And yeah, he's someone that's pushed me to be better. Do you reckon that, because um, we had uh, Fletcher Roberts on a few weeks ago and he played, yeah, he played he played less than 100 games, you know, he played like 50 games, but he won a premiership with the Bulldogs and he was saying he had three older brothers. And when I played junior footy with him and he was just a freak, but I was like, did it help having like three older brothers just like, because you kind of get a bit more advanced when you're playing with people who are more advanced than you and he said it did. Is that the same for you? Yeah, I guess like playing footy in the hallway, like, <laughs> he, he, he was always one to make me 
become competitive. Like he's the one that drives me to want to win because yeah. he always beat me. So yeah. I always had that goal to win, but I never could against him. So now, <laughs> that, I'm, now that I've gotten older, it's sort of, yeah, what drives can, me. Can, can, do you beat him now? No. No? <laughs> still, really? No, no really? he plays seniors footy, so he's still pretty uh, okay, good. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah. So um, if we go into, I guess, actually, no, I'd, I'd be interested to see because like you come across as a very sort of lovely and timid and, and nice person, but I just, uh, I can't stop looking at your achievements and thinking you've got real competitive, like nature in you. So I'm, I think you're playing that down a little bit, but if, what would you say are some of your key strengths to assist you in those first few years? Cause I think coming into any new environment at a professional level, it doesn't matter what level it is. It's still like a, quite a lot to take in because there's a whole lot of reasons, uh, a whole lot of new elements that come to you that, you know, you've never experienced before and there's a new pressure and you're in the limelight and what, what not. But what are some of the key strengths you think that you've fallen back on to help you sort of just focus on your footy and be the best you can be? Yeah, that's a good question. I think for me, I've watched a lot of footy tape growing up. So I've always loved watching games. Like I rewatch them. If there's games about myself, I like to watch what I can do better, what I've done well, so I can keep improving on those things. So yeah. For me, I think it's just, yeah, watching tape and just watching footy in general, which has helped me have that knowledge to grow my game and get better and then also help other people around me get better. So, okay. Yeah. And when you watch tape, would you watch someone specific or a team specifically? Like what, what would be – because when I what, used to watch tape of soccer players, I just used to watch the same players that I used yeah. to like. But what, what's it for you? I, don't, I just enjoy watching football. So, oh, so you watch footy in general yeah, and just, just pick it. things up. Yeah, so just okay. sort of pick things from certain people. I love watching Scott Pendlebury and how he goes yeah. about it, even though I'm not a Collingwood supporter. Yeah, But yeah. just watching him is just all Me blast, too, so. me too. You actually have elements of him, <laughs> like you do, because one thing I noticed about you, it's quite hard to have both of this, but vision is one thing, which Pendlebury's crazy at, <laughs> but then like execution of the vision too is quite hard. And I've noticed a lot of like your kicks inside 50, I don't see too many A4W players doing that sort of, like having that vision. And I'm not too sure where that's came from, but that's like one of the most notable things I've seen about your game. Um, your early sort of childhood and relationship with sport, was it always footy dominant or did you have other interests? Obviously. Played basketball. Did That's, you? Yeah, that was sort of early days. And then it came to a point you had to choose um, footy or basketball. And then obviously I loved footy a lot more. So Yeah. When was when was that age for you? When I started or when I had to choose? No, when you had to choose. Um, Probably when I was in year eight, year yeah, nine. Right. Okay. So I was at Maribyrnong Sports Academy and I was in both programs. Uh, the footy program okay. and the basketball program. So the commitments became a lot because you had training inside of school and then training outside of school. So... Yeah. Made it a bit hard, but yeah, definitely chose footy. So were you always going to be, like, were you always sport, sport orientated? Was that sort of always your natural habitat of such? Yeah, always good at sport at school and yeah, yeah just stuck to it. Fair enough. So where did you play your junior footy? Um, I was playing at West Coburg. West Coburg. Um, from under 10s to under 14s. And then from there, I had to move to a girls league. Okay. And played at Pasco Val. Oh, so you played with the boy. Obviously, you played with the boys. So yeah. is it is there a certain age they like knock on your shoulder and say you've got to stop now? Yeah, so it's under fourteens. Under fourteens. Yeah. I think from that age is when the boys start developing a lot more. So yeah, they just thought it was best to create a women's league what, after that. What was that like for you in that situation? Because I've never understood what that would be like. Like, kind of, yeah, here you've been in the team four years, but these guys are these guys are hitting puberty and you can't play anymore. Like, I is think that, I didn't really understand it at the time. I was just like, it's just, we're just playing footy. Like that's like, yeah. that's what it is. It's what we all enjoy. But then 
as I watched my brother and as he got older, the boys got a lot rougher and yeah, a lot more injuries. And then I sort of understood as I got older why we can't play with them. Still wouldn't know. Yeah, it was yeah, a, I can it understand annoying, why. But yeah. yeah, but yeah, as I got older, I understood more. Okay, so then there was a women's league for you to jump into. Yeah, under 18s. So when you moved to the women's league, because one thing that's interesting for me, and although you're very sport orientated, um, and it was either basketball or footy by the sound of it at a certain age point, like really the AFLW was, I think it was founded in 2017. So did you really see a pathway for you to be a professional footballer at a certain point? Was it around that age where you could sort of see, oh, the AFLW is a real, a real thing that you can go after? Because I assume prior to that, it would have been a little bit challenging to have like, oh, I can be an AFL footballer in this country. Mm-hmm. There was no foundation for you to be that. Um, there wasn't really a pathway as such then. You sort of heard rumours, oh, it might be starting around this date and blah, blah. So there wasn't a set date, so I wasn't too sure, but I was just playing because I enjoyed it. So okay. there wasn't too much fuss about Whether like, the you... future. Okay. I was just enjoying playing it. That's good. In the moment, so made That's... the most of it. Oh, good, good. I'm glad. I feel like you're you're one of the lucky ones, really, because you've been able to come in from its inception. You can potentially play in it for as long as you want, whereas some of the girls, like Alex, for example, or, or others, they literally just had to like flick a switch and it was like, oh, now we're pro footballers, but yep. we're kind of not at the same time because we're still in the first year or it's inception of it. So, um, did you did you have any any really sort of major sporting idols growing up, like people you looked up to, not not just in footy but in anything? Well, I loved my footy, so it was all pretty, <laughs> was really it? based around footy. Yeah, I sort of loved watching Chris Judd growing up and oh, Mark Murphy. Machines. So. Yeah, or Mark Murphy, yeah, still playing now, but Chris Judd, definitely one I sort of watched and idolised growing up. But did yeah. When you look at players like that, is there specific skill sets that you look at that you try and bring into your own game? Yeah, from him, definitely he's sort of burst out of packs and ability to run and carry. That's so. actually one of your big strengths, isn't yeah. it? You're oh, like agility, yeah. Yeah, quickness, agility speed, speed out yeah. of packs. Yeah. yeah, I've noticed that too. Like you can't catch you. <laughs> <laughs> that would suck. Um like you'd be running around all day, but look, cause yeah, Chris Judd, like he used to, a lot of people don't realize cause he was quick and stuff, but he would run like he, he went to Caulfield, my school and he was like an elite, um, long distance runner and uh, medium distance runner. And like, it just translates onto the footy field. So, um, what about giving you watch so much footy, like from a female, from an AFLW perspective, who were sort of some of the plays that you think are really superior that you really sort of like think are awesome or you look up to or would watch a lot of tape of? Yeah, so I had Alicia Eva who plays from GWS. She was my coach when I was under 18s at the Quarter Cannons. Okay. So she was someone, she was obviously in the league already. So she's someone I looked up to, um, someone I got advice from. She came down to Melbourne not long ago, maybe it was last year, and she sort of said, if Georgia needs any help, like she said this to my parents, she said, if Georgia needs any help, tell her to reach out, shoot me a message. Oh, cool. Um, so that was pretty cool of her. So she's someone I had before entering the league that is okay. obviously still with me now and looking to support me, even though we're not at the same club. So you can just pick up the phone and call and have a chat to her about whatever. Yep. Do you do that? I haven't as of <laughs> yeah, yet. <laughs> see, I'm the same. You're like, yeah, you can call yeah. me like, no, yeah, I will, but I still won't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just haven't made that call yet. Yeah. 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 Well, Alicia, it's coming this year. <laughs> so just get, get ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what, is there anyone else outside of her? I mean, cause like when I look, if I was a, a young girl coming into the league, for example, even though you've achieved probably more than this person, it's ridiculous. Um, but like, I look at players like Aaron Phillips, like just some of those players that I think are just, or, or like 
they're they're literally brands of the league. Yeah. Um, is there anyone else that that's kind of, or you're not really sort of wired that way where you sort of look around and mm. think they're awesome? No, I do definitely. Like you said, Erin Phillips, who she was one of our mentors in the AFRW Academy. Okay. So I had a bit to do with her before entering the league, and yeah, just how elite she is. Like if you actually meet her, it's unreal. So what what is what what do you mean by that? Like, just by the person she is, she's always driven to get better. Like mm. we were there training as an under eighteen academy, and she was joining in just to get, oh, really? get, get touch in and oh, yeah, really? be a part of it. So she's always looking to get better and. Even the likes of Maddie Prisbarkas, like she was one of my best friends coming through yeah. under 18 and to see what she achieved, I just sort of wanted to be like that and just sort of have an impact just like she did. Yeah. Cause we were just speaking about that off air before. It's like, it's, it's not, I mean, it's not disrespectful to the men by any means, but it's hard to relate watching a lot of male sports where it usually takes a few years for people to get their sort of feet comfortable in any professional league to then sort of hit their straps. You know, there's obviously some unique situations where you get rising star awards and whatnot, but your list of achievements are that of someone who's like a seasoned veteran or, or been around for a few years. And I said this to you off air and I'm like, it's, it's not just you that's done this. Like you look at Madison Pressbuckers as well. I'm like, it seems like there's no barrier to achievement with the females. As soon as they get in the sport, it's like bang. And, and your example of that was that you, you just, because you, you've just kind of keep playing footy, like you don't stop. So there's like, but the, even so the mindset of it for me is interesting. Like there's no fear factor. Yeah, no, I don't think there is. I just, well, for myself, I just went in and thought, I'm just going to play as, I'm going to try and play as well as I can and whatever happens, happens. So yeah, yeah, you just go in there wanting to make an impact and sort of put your name out there. So what was the, um, that the academy like, what, what, how was that sort of set up? Did they, was that sort of like a regular thing? Was it like through camps? Like. Was it, how, how did, how did that sort of operate? We had two camps. Two camps. During, oh, it was three camps during my last year. Okay. So I, I was in there for two years. My first year we had two camps and then yep. my second year we had three. Okay. Um, you had girls from all over the state. You had a level one and level two. So your draftable girls and then the year after the draft class. Yeah. Um, and you all just sort of trained together across these two camps. So they're a week long each. Um. In one of them, we got to verse the VFL team, which was pretty cool. Oh, wow. So, yeah, as under 18, you all came together and played a VFL yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so, it's kind of like a rep side versing a... Yeah, a wow. VFL team. So, Holy shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was full yeah. on. Yeah. So, How did that go down? Yeah, I think I think both the games I played in across the twos, we won both of them. Wow. Is, yeah. Which is pretty good effort. Do you think, like, because... Um, the game, like the AFLW was found in 2017 and some of the girls your age have probably been able to build up a skill set and train for something like making the AFLW that a lot of the younger girls' skill sets are actually more superior than, and this is not to put down the older ones because we could be completely wrong by saying this, but my assumption is you guys have been preparing for this league where they didn't really get that opportunity. So a lot of you girls, probably skill sets are superior is that right or wrong in saying do you think because i just look at the some of the young the best talent across the league and they're all quite young yeah i think it's it is what you said like we've been training for it longer whereas a lot of you saw across year one and two in afrw they had a lot of athletes coming across to change yeah yeah, yeah, yeah to play in, yeah playing the playing the league so now that you see a lot of the younger women and younger girls coming through we haven't had to stop throughout the pathway and you've sort of had those programs to make you better throughout along the whole way. So mm. like if you look at Alex, she probably didn't have the opportunities 
as a footballer as I myself Correct. and maybe yeah, Sparkus did. So yeah, yeah, it's made it a lot easier for us coming through the pathway, and it's given a us a lot more knowledge about it as well. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about Alex's story, as you as you mentioned that, and this is the other element of AFLW at the moment, and predominantly a lot of female sports in general, but it's it doesn't have the same sort of reach and funding and maybe support and backing as some of the male sports, which the reality of that for the females right now is that there's probably other things you have to do to keep yourself busy because, as we said before you came on, it's like, you miss playing the season because they're, they're kind of short, but then you have a long break and a long preseason. So is that something I know, I'm sure Alex is drilling this into you, but is that something you focus on, like finding other interests outside of sport? Yeah, so for us it's a bit difficult because you have your job and yeah. a lot of people have to work full time. And then as soon as they finish from their nine-to-five job, they have to go they're straight training. to training. So your life's pretty full, full on during AFRW. So for yeah. myself, I'm lucky enough to work at the club, at the St Kilda Football Club. Ah, really? Yeah, so I'm in a Gen W coordinator role. Oh, which awesome. is just trying to grow female football. Oh, beautiful. Um, so they've made it easy for me. But um, for a lot of people, I know it's really difficult. Yeah. Um, especially throughout those six months, like you're full of foot, like full on footy, full on work, and it's hard to balance anything else around that. So yeah. it makes it hard, but I guess it's just something people have to work through if they want to be playing. Was that part of the agreement when they got you in to like give you a job? No, I wasn't part of the agreement, but I hadn't. I didn't have a job at the time, so they it's said, just logical. We can, "Yeah, we can yeah. help you out if you need." And I said, "Why not?" Did you like growing up? Did you have ever any other interest outside of footy, like that had nothing to do with sport that you thought you would explore one day? For me, it was just sport. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. See, this is the It's not. It's not like I'm. I laugh, but this is the exact same as me growing up. Yeah. And like my situation, like for to explain to you, was like I had a lot of injuries. Um. I ended up playing professional soccer for like four or five years, but all my eggs were in one basket, yep. like everything. And then I came out of it and like had these injuries and like, I just didn't want to play it anymore. And then for three, four years, I was like, what the fuck do I do with my life? Um, and it's why I find it interesting. Cause like a big part of why this podcast was started was it wasn't centered around athlete transition, but a component of it is, is like, it's the reality that every girl, like every girl in the AFLW has one thing in common. And I always say it, it's retirement. Like, unfortunately, you're going to have to stop. I wish you could play forever, but we can't. So that's why I'm always interested, especially in your line of job right now. I think each year the AFLW is only going to get more stable and bigger and you're going to get more support and be more of a professional athlete, no doubt. But eventually, like right now, you girls experience that more than anyone. You have to have two things to do or three things to do because you can't be full time. So um, that's interesting. So you're just footy. Yeah, it was just footy. Well, I sort of had a bit of an idea and I was like, oh, maybe I should go down the coaching path. So after yeah. I finish footy, I can coach afterwards ah. because after I finished year 12, I did a course of sport coaching and development. Awesome. So I thought, oh, that's something I can really do after I finish playing footy. And that's still something that I'm looking to do yeah. potentially. So yeah. it's something I can fall back on as well. Definitely. Speaking of coaching, I do want to go into... A bit behind the four walls of the St Kilda Footy Club because I love them dearly. Um, but when you mentioned the coaching aspect, like Peter Searle, she's pretty renowned across the league. I mean, or in AFL in general, she's one of the first female coaches, full-time coaches, put on a role and roster. I don't know, if, is she was she one of the first female coaches or the f- first female coach for an AFLW site? Um, she was the second. Second. The so she's like one Adelaide. Yeah, Adelaide. Okay, Adelaide. cool. What's it like working with her? 
Yeah, Peter has a wealth of knowledge. Like, you go to her and she knows absolutely everything. So, really? Yeah, I love doing my match review with her after the game because I'm someone that likes to hear the positives and the negatives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's really open and honest with that as That's well. Good. So, yeah, she's someone I can really turn to. What would be like, when you say you like hearing the positives and negatives, because I think it's one thing saying that, like, yeah, give me radical candor. And then someone's like, no, you just played shit. Like, you're not quick enough. And then, and then you're like, oh, fuck. Mm. But like when, when people give you negative criticism, how did, like, how does your brain sort of consume that? What does that actually think? Does it take it in a negative aspect or is it like, okay, that's awesome. Now I, I actually understand what I have to do. Yeah. Um, I just try not to take it personally. I know there's a lot of women just in general, that would probably take it personally, but I understand that it's not like directed at you as a person. It's no. more about how you can get better as a footballer. So yeah. when I go to Pete, I just try to take as much as as much as I can from it, because um, she just wants me to get better at the end of the day. And yeah. I just sort of have the things that she tells me as a focus point to do in the next game. Like I don't. It's not all I think about. Like, I obviously have to take into consideration the things I do well. Mm. But, yeah, just try to fo- have it as a focus as something I can get better at as well. Do you think, like, because predominantly what position would she play you across? Because you play across the sort of wing midfield area. But do you think her sort of coaching and support and, um, I guess, empowerment of you has allowed you to just be yourself quite yeah. early? Like, it seems like you don't have too much restriction on being the best Georgia Petrikos you can be. Yeah, definitely. So when I came into the club, she said to me, oh, I'm going to throw you in the deep end. I'm going to start you round one against Western Bulldogs, home ground, the club's first ever game. I'm going to put you straight in midfield. At RCA Park. Yeah, yeah. RCA Park. Yeah, yeah, and I yep. said, and I just sort of thought challenge accepted. Like, I'm awesome. just going to go out there and do what I can. Like This is what I live for. This is what I want. Yeah. Um, it's a position I love playing and yeah. she knows that she sort of played me a lot there through the preseason and she just said, just go for it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Shout out Peter Searle for yeah. just, legend. yeah, for just throwing, throwing her in the deep end cause it worked. Yeah. Um, tell me about like walking into the St Kilda football club. Cause this is coming from a, a fan perspective. I assume you weren't a huge St Kilda fan growing up. So might've been new to just the St Kilda football club and its history. What was that like walking into I guess a bit of a, not an old fashioned club, but a, a club with a great history that was obviously was time to move into the female game. But did you know much about the place before you were drafted into it? No, not too much. I knew they were out at Seaford previously to being in Moorabbin. And right. the first thing I sort of noticed when I walked into the place is, well, this is really modern. This is really new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, it, the facilities are really elite. Yeah. Um, because they moved back to the old home Moorabbin and yep. essentially redeveloped, what's it called, RSEA Park? Yeah, RSEA Park, yeah. yeah. So that's the first thing I sort of noticed. And then and obviously I have a lot of history on the walls. They have the grand yeah. final, the scores yeah. up near the theatre room and, yeah, slowly being taught a bit more about the history. But, um, yeah, it's just a great club from what I can see. The boys are really welcoming. Yeah. Even the girls, like being a new draftee, a lot of them came from the VFL. Yeah. So they were really welcoming as well. But yeah, just the whole club just wants the best for us, which is really great. Was that um was that was that part of coming into the club when you got drafted? Was that part of it overwhelming? Like there's just so many people there, there's so much history and it's like you're just kind of this new person walking in, you're like trying to understand it all. Yeah, so you see like the men and obviously idolised men playing AFL yeah. since I was like younger and then being in the same building as them and them knowing your name. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah a bit surreal. It's, yeah, it's a bit surreal, but, um. Is there yeah. any, any of the boys that like for you, you think are just awesome players that you kind of really 
appreciate their game being a footy fanatic or you, you kind of emphasise a little bit of what they do in your game? Yeah, I think any fan can say Jack Steele, um, yeah. the way he goes about it. If you, ta- if you tackle like Jack yeah. Steele this year, like I'll personally wear a Georgia Patrick Ross jersey to a game. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> He just throws them into the ground. <laughs> yeah, his tackling ability is unreal. And something I got told over the preseason was to sort of try and grow on my defensive game. Mm. Um, so trying to tackle more pressure, yep. corralling, all that sort of stuff. So he's someone that I look at and... I'm like, wow, like he's really elite at that. So yeah, I wonder if I can take one thing from him, that would be, be tackling. <laughs> be tackling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hope. Yeah. I've, I, I like St. Kilda Instagram posted a video the other day of him like tackling someone. And it's like, it's almost like it's a rugby tackle. Like yeah. the way he does it. It's so, it would hurt so much. It's legal, but it would <laughs> yeah. hurt. Um, well, that's pretty cool. So, I mean, when you walked into the, the, all the girls as well, because like what's sort of the culture like across the AFLW team? Because it's been such a, an early part of your establishment into just being a team or a franchise for that matter. What What's sort of been the initial foundations that Peter and the club have tried to set as like a culture and an identity as such for you girls? Yeah, I think for us, it's just trying to go on what our values are, like just trying to follow in what we believe. So we've sort of set our values and we want to portray them when we play and sort of leave a legacy that's one of our values, actually, legacy, mm-hmm. leaving a legacy behind for the people that come in after us. Mm-hmm. So not just trying to do what's best now, it's what's doing best as well for the future and for the next people that come in. So yeah. you want to set a foundation that can allow the next generation of girls to come in and feel welcome and feel appreciated and just have that little, that baseline. Of yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Um, all right, let's go, let's go across the league a little bit because... Um, I actually think just on that, I think you guys are going to win the first flag for the St. Kilda Footy Club. Fingers but, crossed. Yeah, like you're going to beat the men. No, no disrespect to the men, but I'm a loyal fan, but I'm, I'm back in the girls. Um, if you look around the AFLW league, your first few years, who would be your hardest opponent, individual player? I actually had a conversation not too long ago that Tyler Hanks, I think is really underrated in the Melbourne midfield. Really? Yeah. I think I versed her my first year, obviously against Melbourne. And she can just run all day. She's such a powerful athlete. She's got an elite leg. Like she can use both sides. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, she's someone I really struggle to play on. So really, yeah. How have you gone? Like your have your stats been up there against her? Have they kind of dropped, or is it you just in general you just find it much harder to achieve what you want? Playing yeah, against just it? just in general, like find it find it hard <laughs> to play on. And it's sometimes like that though when you play. Like I think a lot of the players, like a lot of the top players in the AFL and the men's AFL, they'd, they'd say the hardest opponents probably wouldn't be the ones you'd think. Yeah. They'd probably be some of the ones that are willing to, you know, sacrifice a bit of their game to make your life a little bit harder. Um, we kind of touched on this before because I sort of asked around there, who do you look up to around the league? But is there a, a level of player right now in the AFLW that you would like to reach your game and your stature? Probably Aaron Phillips is probably Aaron one. Phillips. Or Daisy Pierce, just to sort yeah. of... The, the mark they've left on the game is just something that I personally want to do as well. Um, yeah. Just someone that people can look up to and someone as a role model that younger girls can sort of aspire to be like. Yeah. Yeah, definitely okay. someone like them. So, yeah, the, I, I, I want to be Erin Phillips. Yeah. She, she played basketball for Australia too. Yeah, Which played, is like, yeah. did, did she go to an Olympics? Yeah, she played at the Olympics, yeah. Yeah, pretty elite. <laughs> yeah, that's that's elite. Yep. Um, yeah, you got made, now. You got to put put your hat in the basketball <laughs> ring too. <laughs> um, okay, so when we talk about your like, some of breaking down your game a little bit, and 
uh, you sort of explaining like you like watching tape with the coach just to kind of get that negative or positive feedback and also like that transparent and radical candor of like these areas you can improve on. What are, are there things that you're actively working on now to sort of make you more all round in your game? Like you mentioned the defensive aspect, but is there anything else to support that? Yeah, something I sort of have I've had to work on since I sort of came into the league was my marking overhead. So the timing oh, really? of it and yeah, I just suck at it. So <laughs> it's just something I've had to work on. Yeah. Um, slowly. Um, I think, I think I'm be slowly me, getting a bit better, but yeah. still not where I want to be with it. But, but is that, is that, this is what fascinates me about footy. Like, can you really train for like pack marks? I think there's some people that either have it or they don't. Like, you can obviously try and get better. I think you've got to have a screw loose yeah. in your brain to jump head first <laughs> yeah. into it. Like, one, yeah, I get marking over your head, but then to mark in a pack, I'm like, Holy Yeah, yeah some people have a lot of, um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you a bit of a hard question here. The St Kilda Football Club, could you sum it up in three words? I think we're resilient. So that would probably be the first word. Like that. We're passionate. Definitely. And third one. I don't know. I guess the club has a lot of loyalty. Loyalty. Yeah. 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 Fans, definitely. Yeah, fans, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I've almost jumped ship a few times, <laughs> but no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, actually, they're really good. Really, I think they're proud pillars, to be yep. honest. Um. We're going to go into a bit of a fun segment here and then I, I do just want to break a bit more down about your sort of individuality and a little bit more, I guess, who Georgia Patrikios is. Yep. Um, but as I mentioned to you, we do do like a bit of a fanfare question and the Lace Them Up Quick Fire Five is back, people. We love this little segment. It started very, very, very poorly mm-hmm. on Ryan Grant and Bruce Jitte, I won't lie, but We've got a bit more traction on it, and it is a fun game. I do enjoy it. So t- for you, Georgia, to understand, it's five questions, very simple, instinctive answers. Okay. No time to think. Yeah. reason why I say that is because I had one of my good friends on who was, who just left the director of football of Adelaide United, and he took about three minutes to answer every question. So okay. for you, let's go. Hardest opposition team for St. Melbourne. Georgia. Melbourne. Yeah. Why? I think we can match up well with them, but then we obviously lost to them this year, so... It's sort of hard to know where we sort of stand with them, but they're definitely hard okay. to match up on. Favourite skill of your own game? Um, the ability to use both feet. Ah, I like that. I'm big, big, big on both feet too. Yep. Proudest moment on a footy field? Um, probably debuting for yeah. the Saints. Yeah, Who was, was that against? That was against the Western Bulldogs round one. Did you get a rising star nominee that game? Yeah. Yeah. Shame. Best advice, this is a hard, this would be a bit of a hard one, so I'll, I'll allow your buffer of thinking. Best advice you have ever received? Probably the one I said from my brother, sort of yeah, the things you do behind closed doors. That's elite. Yeah. What's your brother's name? Perry. Perry. Honestly, bro, shout out, man. That's some <laughs> seriously good advice. Um, favorite ground to play on? Probably RSA Park. Yeah? Yeah. The atmosphere there is unreal. Like when we're now in front of 8,000 people. Wow. The atmosphere there was crazy. Do you, do you get that crowd like consistently or was that just because it was one of the first games? Like what's the typical sort of, cause I think, I think there's quite a few, there's quite a few games where there's quite a few big like crowds yeah, so across I the think, league. I think because of COVID, obviously this year, the crowds sort of were limited. Yeah. So I think we had 4,000 because of the COVID limit, but um, I think if there was opportunity to have bigger crowds, I think a few people would rock up 
Yeah. They could. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so when, when will the season start for you next? So we have pre-season starting in September. September. And then the actual games will start in December. Wow. So, f- so and then now to kind of fill in that gap, you're playing some VFL footy or you're having like a bit of a break, but you play a bit of footy as well still. Yeah, so we train with the VFL team and they train two nights a week and then... Is that just because you're one of the sort of younger players or does everyone do that? Um, I guess it's based on what you sort of need. Like, I think if you've played a lot of footy and you played all the AFRW games, they'll tend to rest players. But yeah, um, yeah I think because I'm young and a lot of the younger girls are there actually. Something that I've always felt like is a pretty powerful tool for when I played sport and just even in day-to-day life, like everything that's sort of like, if I don't have a goal tied to something, I find I'm quite um, not as productive or not as motivated or not as driven. Do you do you have that with footy? Are you very goal orientated or do you just kind of move with the wind? Like what's your sort of perspective on that? No, I definitely do set goals. Like, I think I mentioned before that coming into the draft and coming into the club first day, I sort of set the goal that I want to play round one. Uh-huh. Um, so like little mi- like micro goals as well as macro goals. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I do a bit of both because when I was at the start of my NAB league, yeah. my start of my draft year, my goal obviously was to get drafted. drafted. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I've just set little goals along the way, <clears throat> some that probably are a bit unrealistic, but I want to happen. Would you Would you share them? Well, I think I wanted to be an All-Australian. That was probably a, a goal of mine. Was that a goal of yours? Yeah. Well, at the start, like you see the names that become All-Australians and you think, oh, one day I want to be, I want to be like those people. So. Because I don't think you can achieve things like that without actually thinking you can. Yeah, I think. So. Yeah, that's exactly right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I couldn't agree more. So that's why I think like when you when I say you you're saying like I just turned up and played I'm like no you didn't I'm like not <laughs> not in not in a bad way like I'm I think like no I think you really even if you weren't admitting it to yourself you generally don't think there's a ceiling on what you can achieve yeah. which is really cool yeah the thought definitely went across my mind but it's not something I put too much pressure on yeah just, yeah of course yeah. there's a balance of yeah. like I'm know. just like yep yeah, I'm here to play like I'll play but let's yeah. just we can hope for that <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 no because that's why I always loved Conor McGregor like when he went through that period of fighting and he was just like predicting things. Um, but I think like you do, like there's an element of like, yeah, you don't want to put pressure on yourself because there's no need to. You're already, you know, playing footy at a, a young age for at, a, at the highest level you can. But at the same time, sometimes speaking things into existence is like really powerful. Yeah. Um, what would be sort of like goals that you would set? Like, do you, sorry, when we talked about the mi- micro goals there, where you're talking about, I just want to play round one. Do you have like long-term goals? As yeah, well? to win a flag. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I needed to hear, yeah. Georgia. Yeah. Seriously. That's, that's, yeah, that's a definitely that's a big the, goal. <clears throat> yeah. Um, that's sort of what everyone hopes for. Yeah. And if you, like, if your whole club doesn't have that same goal, then What's the point? there's no point. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely I think at the Saints, that's what we all want. Like, Do you think, like, from a cultural perspective, like, that's a hard question because I think the females are slightly different. But do you, do you feel that there's like that sort of culture then that belief that you girls can go on if, if sort of to, to progress towards that? Is it kind of been sort of one of those things where you've got to discover it and build it yourself because it's a bit foreign to everyone as well? I think for the women's space, it's a bit unspoken. Like you don't hear people like, yeah, we're going to win a flag. We're gonna win yeah, a flag. yeah. But it's just sort of like everyone sort of has that same goal. Yeah. Um, I think our list has the potential yeah. to win a flag. So. Yeah, I just feel like if we all have that same belief and all want it and all train hard over this preseason, I think it's a lot closer than what some people on the outside might think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, as mentioned, like the young 
including yourself, some of the younger draft picks we've had, and then some of the girls like Caitlin Grice, she was an All Australian the previous year yep. as well, like and leading goal kicker as leading well, leading goal so kicker like yeah. G Train, yeah, for that matter. And um, then we and then we have like this draft coming up. We have the second pick in Victoria, so Jesus, just yeah, what we're building is pretty special. So yeah, yeah, because um, Tiana Smith, she came in last year and she made an impact in her first season. Like she yeah. was, I think, did what she come second in the best and fairest? Was it? Yeah, or? this year. Yes. Yeah. So like she was, yeah. it was her first year as well. Yeah. So. Again, there's no ceiling or limit of what these girls achieve in their early seasons. Being in the spotlight, when people think I think of St Kilda, like now, they're going to think of Georgia Patricios. Um, and particularly like opposition when we play, like if I'm a coach playing St Kilda, I think, oh, how do I shut down Georgia? Because she's one of the people that's going to threaten us. Um, some regards, like I assume you've had similar sort of attention your whole childhood because you've been elite and for other teams to combat your team, they're probably going to have to spend a bit of time thinking about you. But how do you deal with that? Because they, like, I assume you've copped a bit of attention this year, but you'll probably cop more next year. What, like, what do you anticipate as well with that? Yeah. So this year I started copying a bit of attention. I think the one I can remember most was against Geelong. Yeah. Um, and that was a game I sort of struggled to get into it, obviously because my mind wasn't really focused as on the footy. It was more focused on, did, did, so did they have someone tag you? I like, don't know if it was a close tag, but there was someone running with me at stoppages and okay. yeah, yeah. sort of keeping an eye on me. Yeah. Yep. Um, but um, the way I sort of deal with it is sort of have my teammates, like the midfielders, bigger bodies coming to help me out. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Um, things like that. But I think uh, what I learned from that game is that you sort of have to focus on yourself and not so much what they're doing. So yeah. sort of control what you can control. So if the ball's there, go for it. Like don't hesitate because there's someone around you. you just got to... Yeah. Stick to your normal game and make and work even harder so then they have to chase harder. Yeah, I think that's it's a hard one, isn't it? There's not too many sports where someone will spend most of their game just like staying with some person. But yeah. footy, they can do that. Yeah. Um, but I think that's where, yeah, that's, it must be a hard thing for you psychologically as well because you're like, it, it naturally would just turn your attention elsewhere. Yeah. I, I think another thing is, or, or something I learned from that game is sort of, like wanting to sacrifice my game. So let's say I am getting tagged or I'm not having a great day. Like having that attention is allowing someone else yeah. the opportunity to get the footy and make the most of that opportunity. So I don't always see it as a negative. I see it as an opportunity for like other people to step up as well. So oh, Selfless. Very good. Yep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I'll put my hand up and say I would not think that. I think how do I get yeah. the football? Yeah. But credit to you. Like does it, do you recognise that in the game or do the coaches kind of – support you on that be like look just keep your head your your other people getting the game because of this like well I think that came from my midfield coach after that game so it wasn't something I sort of feed by myself yeah. but something that he definitely pushed forward to me and I yeah as soon as he said it, I'm like why didn't I think of this yeah 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 of course sort of right because the team, teams are going to be like mad to not tag you this year like realistically it's like it's just logical like <laughs> <laughs> so um but like that's, I assume that's something you're probably preparing for, or just getting, you know, yourself used to. Because I think that's like, there's probably like, like we speak, there's some of the names we mentioned in the AFL, like they've been getting tagged for ten years because yep. they're so good. It probably just becomes normal. Mm. Um, with that though, I mean, like, so, and this is kind of when I why I mentioned that is, obviously, a big part of that is you're in the spotlight. Do you like being in the spotlight? Do you like that pressure, or do you prefer just kind of? being behind the scenes and in the shadows going about your business? Um, probably going behind the shadows, doing my business. So yeah. I don't like all the attention, but I mean, if it comes then I'd have to learn to deal with it, I guess. Yeah. But, um, 
yeah, just can control what I can control and whatever happens, happens. Hopefully we're damaging enough to <laughs> yeah. not know who to tag next year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed that. So you don't like the spotlight, but you like the Unlaced Podcast spotlight. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. No, no, I'm kidding. Um, honestly, Georgia, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. As I mentioned, I'm a huge Saints fan, <laughs> huge Georgia Patrikios fan. Like seriously, for those that aren't watching the AFLW, get, get along watching it, support the, support the female game. If you have your time and your, your, your wits about, you'll be watching St Kilda and you'll be watching Georgia Patrikios next year because she's electric. Electric speed, electric vision, electric execution, electric everything. Hence the achievements of what she achieved in the first year. So super excited to watch the Saints go again next year and see how we go in Georgia. Um, thank you for giving us your time and um, you know, giving us a bit, bit of background on your story. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Oh, pleasure. Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details.